I've got a finding a dentist in the Middle West. <laughs> Please, must you? I've always wanted to be a cowboy, see what it was like in the Wild West. Hey, they had cowgirls too, didn't they? Yes, yes. Yahoo! What about my troops? Mm, mm. Welcome to Who Worth Watching, where we're examining every adventure of classic Doctor Who to determine what's still worth watching for a modern audience. Today, we're saddling up for the Gunfighters, a Wild West tale from the first Doctor's era, where our heroes find themselves in Tombstone, Arizona, right in the middle of the legendary gunfight at the OK Corral. I'm your host, and like the Doctor, while I abhor violence, I'm happy to stand by while the bad guys get slaughtered because you can't change history one jot. <laughs> My co-host is Guy, who will happily shoot you in the back if he gets the chance. Well, that's a generic you. I won't uh, won't shoot our audience in the back. <laughs> Hello, Most guy. Of the time. Hello, Ron. So, um, this is an interesting one. I'll be uh, curious to see what you think about it. It's the very first Doctor Who story that took place in the United States, and in this case, in the Old West. And well, we did have a brief visit to the top of the Empire State Building, if I remember. That's true. So there was a a scene in the United States in the in the chase, but uh, this is the first entire story in the United States. Kind of surprisingly, this story you know was shot entirely in the studio, which is surprising because they have a lot of horses and stuff, which are and and of course it's sort of you know outdoors mostly. So uh, horses are hard to deal with in a studio. So that's kind of impressive that they mm-hmm. they did that. Well, they've had an elephant in the studio before, so yeah, horses probably true. were easier to deal with. <laughs> now, this story features a ballad, and this, you know, I told you last time this story is controversial. This is a big part of it. Uh, the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloons. <laughs> we'll see. As we go through, we'll see what you think about this. But let me tell you, if you if you watch this story, you're going to get really familiar with the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was not well received at the time of his broadcast, and it actually had low ratings. But since then, it's kind of gained a cult following. We'll see what we think when we get through here. Mm-hmm. So anything you want to mention before we head into the story? I don't think so. It's uh, you know, we'll, we can talk about whatever left is left unsaid at the uh, at the end of the <laughs> summation here. Now I should mention at last week uh, I challenged you saying you know we're because you didn't know this story uh, we're about to have a story about gunfighters and the doctor has just hurt his tooth and can you connect those two things and you actually did you actually said you know might it be doc holidays <laughs> and that was just a a guess that was about the only medical person of the wild west that i could <laughs> think of speaking of which and I, you know until just now i hadn't connected this the title of the first episode is a holiday for the doctor and i had not connected mm-hmm. holiday and doc holiday ah yeah he even uh, he there's even a little joke about uh, the play on holiday in a little bit here, so we'll get to that. 
Okay, with that, let's go into our first episode. All right. Well, the episode opens up with the uh, Last Chance Saloon song, which uh, we've just mentioned a little bit. <laughs> so fill up your glasses and join in the song. The law's right behind you and it won't take long. So come you coyotes and howl at the moon. Till there's blood upon the sawdust in the last chance. You know, I was uh, I wasn't terribly impressed with it at first, but the more I heard of it, and it it is used all the time and <laughs> throughout the four episodes. Most of the melody is very simple and plain, uh, but there's one line that. It'll be sung with a slightly different tune at different points, but that one line is, is just so catchy, it kind of becomes an earworm for me. So I've been hearing that in my head for the past couple days. <laughs> well, I will say a lot of people want to kill themselves by the time they're doing this because they just <laughs> keep playing this melody over and over and over again. <laughs> I didn't mind it. It was uh, actually the more I heard of it, the more I liked it. And they they change it up a lot. They use different instrumentation, different tempo. You know, you know they'll play it sort of dirge like when something sad's happening. And I don't know. I I, I thought it was a plus myself. But <laughs> I guess if you don't like the song, then uh, you're really not gonna like it by the end. <laughs> Okay, well, you may be in a class of your own. <laughs> Maybe. See, and I'm not. I didn't put in my notes every every single time it's used. I mean, that well, you couldn't be, because their notes would be. <laughs> yeah, that would be like uh, okay, and here the doctor takes a breath. <laughs> you don't. Some things you don't need to put into the details. And I think it's probably used for, um, you know, we've talked before about episodes where uh, they were changing sets or, you know, moving from one set mm -hmm. to another, stuff like that. Some of it might be in there for production reasons. Uh, That's but, possible. Uh, I mean, a lot of times they're repeating just, you know, Last Chance Loon, Last Chance Loon. But also the song is also following the story, so they'll tell you what just happened. Although it's a little weird, like we just saw it happen, so you don't need to tell us <laughs> that it happened. <laughs> yeah. And some sometimes, like, there will be a part later on where one of the bad guys meets a girl I used to... Uh, be lovers with and the song kind of pops in to explain that even though we can infer <laughs> it from the situation you know it's helpful to have the added clarity so yeah it's uh it can be used useful in some circumstances anyway we're in the town of tombstone and the clantons ike billy and phineas or finn uh, they ride into town, and uh, they're feeling perky, so they shoot up the town sign a little bit. <laughs> Apparently, that's not uh, not a criminal uh, vandalism here. They're here for Doc Holliday, who killed their brother Reuben, and they're kind of upset about that. They're here to meet up with a man named Seth Harper, who was hired by their father uh, to work with them. 
And then we see uh, a livery stable, and it, it's got, uh, you know, the sign is painted on the, uh, on the wall. It kind of uh, briefly brought me back to that scene in the very debut episode where there's the junkyard that mm. has the junkyard sign on. But anyway, uh, we see that sign for a moment, and then the TARDIS arrives outside the library. Uh, the crew emerges, which the, the current composition of the crew is the Doctor, Stephen, and Dodo. <laughs> uh, the Doctor has a toothache from uh, biting into Cyril slash Billy's uh, tainted <laughs> sweets in the last episode. Mm. Um, and uh, Stephen and Dodo are excited when they finally realize they're in the Old West and they're in Tombstone. They're, mm. uh, Pretty pretty excited about that, and the doctor he doesn't care. He's just annoyed about his toothache. <laughs> and they like run in and get you know dressed up in western garb and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even though uh, they realize they're in the old west, uh, I get the impression, unless I missed a, a key line somewhere, I get the impression that none of them actually knows how. The gunfight at the OK Corral went down. You know, they, <laughs> they don't know what's uh, what's in store. Although they have heard of Wyatt Earp, we'll find out. Uh, Stephen mm. and Dodo have both heard of him. So at the Last Chance Saloon, um, the, now there's a lot of dialogue throughout these episodes that uh, can be kind of fun. There's some amusing little jokes and stuff, but uh, I've left... I've left out most of that. I'm just going to stick to fo focusing on the <laughs> plot here. Uh, and so all that really happens plot-wise at the saloon is that the Clantons meet Harper, who is the man they had hired to help them out. Uh, back at the stable, Stephen and Dodo have come out of the TARDIS uh, after visiting its extensive wardrobe. <laughs> they're both in Western costumes, but they're... 20th century Western costumes. <laughs> uh, Stevens is especially egregious. It's uh, it's got the leather fringe all over it, and it's got little flowers and stars, <laughs> and you know, it's it's a very, uh, uh, very elaborate cowboy outfit. Um, so it's not uh, not really what you're going to see a lot of people in Tombstone wearing. And the doctor calls them absurd for, for these costumes. Mm. But Dodo has a nice black cowboy hat that she found in the wardrobe, and she puts it on the doctor's head, and he, he's happy enough with that. He thinks it uh, suits him rather well. Uh, Stephen even got a couple six-guns, but he doesn't know the first thing about him. He tries to <laughs> handle them, and he's bragging him about how he's the best shot in the West and all that. And uh, uh, someone shoots his gun right out of his hand. Uh, the man comes up, and it turns out that it's Marshall Wyatt Earp. Stephen and Dodo are starstruck. They're, uh, <laughs> they're amazed to be meeting Wyatt Earp. And he's taking uh, the three of them to the sheriff's office. Uh, he says it's for their safety, because uh, a guy like Stephen going around town saying he's the fastest shot in the West is mm. going to uh, run into trouble eventually. At the Last Chance Saloon, meanwhile, uh, we find out from the Clanton's conversation that none of them know what Doc Holliday actually looks <laughs> like. Although Seth Harper, uh, he says, I don't have to meet him. He's, uh, he's had him described to him. Uh, he just, he says he's a dapper little fellow with a black bucksback coat, 
a gambler's fancy vest. <laughs> well, it turns out, as we'll see very soon, this describes Doc Holliday isn't the only doctor in town who meets mm. that description. And Doc Holliday is also known to be a drinker, so he'll show up at the saloon eventually if they just wait for him. Kate, the bar's singer, uh, is present uh, and hears this conversation. She tells the barman, Charlie, that she has to go run a short errand. Uh, she'll be back soon. He gives her a little grief about it because he doesn't know how long she's going Yeah, to and take. we get some naughty implication here as we go along is that apparently she, like, regularly leaves probably to service clients, you know, <laughs> which uh, yeah. he's not happy about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then we see a dentist's office in the main street, and Kate is there warning Doc Holliday that the Clintons and Seth are after him. She says he should leave town, and we find out that they're engaged, at least, uh, maybe, you know, I don't know how formal it is, but they've discussed it, and they both seem agreed on it. On the main thoroughfare, meanwhile, uh, the sheriff, who is Bat Masterson, now that there's a distinction in roles here between Sheriff Masterson and Marshal Earp. I mm. think Marshal is a town marshal, whereas Sheriff is more of a county position. That's mm. generally how it worked in the Old West, I think, but uh, I don't know if that's particular to this case or not. Anyway, Masterson is there, and he, um, he warns Doc Holliday to behave himself. Uh, they, Doc and Kate have stepped out briefly from the office. So Doc leaves with Kate to go back to the office. Uh, and Earp arrives with the doctor and Stephen and Dodo. The doctor makes his introductions to, uh, to Earp and Masterson. He introduces Dodo as Miss Dodo DuPont, <laughs> Wizard of the Ivory Keys. And Stephen, he introduces, and I don't know, where he came up with this name, but uh, it's Stephen Regret is, is his name. And he's a tenor. He's a singer. Yeah, I like that name. It's a pretty good name, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Stephen doesn't seem to like it, but, <laughs> but I like it. And then the doctor introduces himself as Dr. Caligari, who is, of course, uh, uh, in the movie The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which I haven't seen, although one of my old bosses recommended it. So uh, one of these days I'll have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, we should watch it because it's also on my list. I think I actually have the Blu-ray of it, so yeah. All right, good deal. So he introduces himself as Dr. Caligari, and Masterson replies, Dr. Who? And the doctor says, yes, quite right. <laughs> A little little joke there. Yeah. Wyatt Earp points out Doc Holliday's dental office, because that's what Dr. Uh, the doctor is <laughs> in need of right now. And the doctor calls Mr. Earp, Mr. Warp, and he's pretty <laughs> he consistent this, like, about this. the whole show. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty consistent about it. Uh, in fact, later on, Stephen accidentally calls him that because <laughs> it's rubbed off on him. So the doctor and his, uh, his crew, they uh, head to the office, and uh, Stephen is talking about how he's unhappy with the name Stephen Regret. He says it's no <laughs> kind of a name for a singer, but he can at least sing a little, and Dodo can play the piano. So uh, so they've got their cover anyway. 
The doctor says that it's moot, though, because they'll be leaving before lunch tomorrow. They'll be mm-hmm. having lunch in the TARDIS, I think he says. He sees a great big tooth hanging outside the dental office. That's like the sign. Uh, you know, in old times, they'd have these things hanging that represented what was for sale. <laughs> it seems to disturb him a little. He seems like he might be having second thoughts. Well, he also but, complains that it's sort of unsettled <laughs> of a tooth in her your song, but you know, yeah, it's very practical. People understand why they would want to come to your place. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So he gets into the office, and Doc Holliday is there, and uh, he uh, doesn't have anesthesia, <laughs> but uh, he does tell the doctor that he's welcome to a slug of rattlesnake oil. The doctor says, "Oh, my dear man, I never touch alcohol." And I think, I'm not certain, but I think this is wrong. I think we've seen him, at least in one other episode, he was going to celebrate with, like, champagne. No, that's true, yeah. Thought. New Year's, Uh, yeah. But anyway, he he finally goes goes under the docks, tender ministrations. And meanwhile, at the saloon, uh, Stephen and Dodo have gone back there, and they're getting three rooms, one for each of them. The barman, Charlie, says he might have a job for a piano player, but Stephen is not interested. He says they're only staying the one night. I think it's actually unrealistic that they would have got three rooms. I mean, back then, you typically shared a bed and a room, you know, even potentially with Mm -hmm. a stranger, right? So it wouldn't be uncommon that you would be sleeping in a bed with someone you didn't know back then. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're traveling with the doctor, you may as well get the best accommodations you can afford. (laughs) Stephen leaves a key with Charlie, uh, and Dodo tells him, Give this to our friend the doctor with my compliments. (laughs) And, of course, all the Clanton's ears perk up at that, uh, because the doctor is who they're looking for. But they're looking for Dr. Holiday, of course. Mm -hmm. So Ike sends Harper down the street to Holiday's office to get the doc, or the man they think is the doc. Meanwhile, in the office, Holiday tells the doctor that, that his first extraction is free because he's his first customer in the new office. <laughs> uh, and then he heads to the back room where Kate is. So when Harper enters the office, it's just it's just the doctor sitting out there alone. Harper says, Holiday! <laughs> doctor says, Holiday? Yes, I suppose so. Yes, you could call it that. <laughs> Harper's message is the boys at the saloon would like to buy the doc a drink. And the doctor says, oh, no, I don't drink alcohol. But uh, Harper says, look, we'll give you five minutes, and if you ain't there, we'll come looking for you, all right? <laughs> you know, the doctor, Harper didn't say it sinisterly enough, apparently, because the doctor thought he was genuinely charming after mm. he left. And Doctor Doc Holliday plays on this because he overheard from the back room everything that transpired. And now Doc Holliday, even though he just gave the man a free extraction, now we're going to see the other side of the coin where he's going to send the doctor into a nearly certain death situation mm. just to save his own skin. He tells the doctor that he isn't dressed right for a party, uh, at least not out here in the West. So he uh, gives him a gun. In fact, it's it's Doc Holliday's own gun that has Holiday engraved right <laughs> on it. So there's no mistaking his identity. Uh, now the doctor's completely outfitted for a for a nice party at the saloon. He he thanks the doctor and leaves. Uh, and Holiday says, 
It sure seems a pity he bothered to have that tooth out. <laughs> so he uh, he's definitely, in the context of the story, he's one of the good guys, but he's definitely morally ambiguous <laughs> in some ways. Back at the last chance of the saloon, the Clintons have uh, forced Stephen and Dodo to give a perf piano performance, and the first sheet music they find on the old upright piano is, of course, the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> <laughs> so Dodo plays the piano, and Stephen sings, and they're, uh, they're not bad. With rings on their fingers and bells on their toes The girls come to tombstone in their high silk hose They'll dance on the tables or give you a tune For whatever's in your wallet at the last chance I mean, uh, you know, Stephen's kind of a, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a hammy performance, in fact, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fun. I, I got a kick out of it. And he finishes up uh, his current round of the song. He'll have multiple rounds, as it turns out, but the current round finishes with him. Your one consolation is the last chance saloon. <laughs> Ooh, I tried that. I shouldn't have tried an octave higher on that one. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show. Stephen's singing in an Old West bar and Dodo's playing piano. Okay, next up, episode two, Don't Shoot the Pianist. <laughs> I feel like it's normally don't shoot the piano player, but, uh, you know, whatever. Well, they're British. Yeah. <laughs> and so we see Doc Holliday is saying to Kate, his girlfriend, that in five minutes they'll have killed the doctor thinking that he's Holliday. And then Holliday can start living under another name. So he's got a whole plan going on here. And he asked Kate what name he should use, but it turns out she's gone already, and she's left a message saying she's going back to the Last Chance Saloon. And if we go back there, and Stephen and Dodo are still doing the song. <laughs> They've done it like four times, and every time they try to stop, the Clantons insist that they keep playing it. <laughs> so it's sort of a form of torture. And then Kate comes in with a gun, held out and she wants Steven and Dodo kicked out because she's the singer. So she doesn't want these people here taking on her job, even though she does tend to leave to, you know, tend to her customers. So she's not here <laughs> all the time, but suddenly she changes her mind and then insists that Steven play the piano. So Dodo was playing the piano, but now she wants Steven to play the piano for her. And now she starts singing the last chance saloon. So yeah. If you were worried about forgetting the song, <laughs> it's going to come well, back yeah. over and over again. And she just assumed that Stephen knew how to play piano, which mm. maybe I wouldn't be surprised if in the 19th century, if you could sing, you could probably also play the <laughs> piano. I, I don't know. He plays it pretty well, too. He even throws in some nice little ragtime uh, uh, bits in there. So it's yeah, pretty neat. So fill up your glasses and join in the song The law's right behind you and it won't take long So come you coyotes and howl at the moon Till the blood upon the sawdust in the last chance saloon And now the doctor enters the saloon and he applauds the performance And one of the Clantons who saw him at the dentist's office So assumes that he's holiday approaches and says, if it isn't the great doc. 
And the doctor points out that he was invited to join everyone for a drink, and he asked to be introduced. And, and so everyone introduces themselves as Clantons. And then the doctor wants to be going, but the Clantons disagree. They want him to stick around. We see on the staircase that the actual Doc Holliday is listening in, and he pulls out his little kind of pistol just in case. I'm not, what kind of pistol is that? It's that very sort of short... Uh, I think it's a Derringer. Yeah, Derringer is right. Yeah, so he has a Derringer and all this. Finally, the doctor realizes he's the victim of mistaken identity, and he tries to explain things. And he explains that Doc Holliday has a shop along the street. But that Clanton guy points out that's where he saw the doctor, so that doesn't change the idea that the doctor is Doc Holliday. And you've got the gun with Holliday's brand on it, so clearly you are Doc Holliday. Kate now says, you know, the doctor is Holiday, so she's trying to put him in trouble. <laughs> she says he can take on all four of the Clantons anytime. And the doctor points out that she sort of has a conflict of interest because she's Holiday's girlfriend and she's lying to protect him. And the doctor tries to explain how he got the gun. And in the process, he manages to shoot a Clanton in the arm. So this is what we in the, the gun business call a negligent discharge. And that's a really, really bad thing to have happen. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I neglected to mention uh, that Doc Holliday's gun handling is uh, He's always pointing a barrel of a gun in somebody's face. Yeah, the, the gun safety <laughs> stuff on the set was not great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now Kate pulls out her own gun, and the doctor and Kate tell Stephen to grab the Clanton's guns, and they do so. Meanwhile, Dodo's on her way down the stairs, and the actual Doc Holliday is on the stairs, and he pulls his gun out, and he tells her to get back to her room. So Stephen collects the guns from the Clantons, and Kate tells them to line up against the piano. Meanwhile, Wyatt Earp and his deputy come in, and they take the doctor's gun, and then they try to figure out what's been going on. And the Clantons claim that they were ambushed. So Earp takes the doctor to jail. Stephen is left behind. The Clantons get their guns back, and they surround him, so that's not good. <laughs> Meanwhile, Doc Holliday is holding Dodo in his room, and Kate comes in, and Kate tells him that the doctor has been arrested, and Holliday says this means the doctor could not be safer. See, he really respects White Earp, and, you know, White Earp is a really good guy. So, And then Earp interrogates the doctor about why he has Holliday's gun, and they believe him, but they tell him, look, if you step outside the jail, you're going to be a dead man, because everyone here thinks that you're Doc Holliday, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Doc Holliday and Kate and Dodo are playing cards in Holliday's hotel room. And Holliday is thirsty, and he asks Kate to see if the bar is clear so he can get a drink. And she says, oh, these guys are all still there. But still, he insists on taking a walk as he really needs a drink. <laughs> and then he enters his dentistry office at night looking for his bottle that he has stored there of, like, whiskey. It turns out that Wyatt Earp is waiting for him. And he wants Holiday to get out of town because, you know, there's just a lot of trouble going on. Holiday reasonably points out he hasn't done anything against the law. He's just started his little dentistry business here. And Herb says, well, he hasn't done anything against the law yet. But, you know, as long as you're around, there's going to be some shooting. <laughs> and he, you know, Herb says, look, you can come back later, but I just need you to leave town until things blow over. Perhaps it's worth mentioning that 
Earp was in there drinking Holiday's whiskey, uh, <laughs> and he takes the bottle with him. So Holiday never does get the drink he came here for. So, yeah, and at some point Holiday points out you've been drinking my whiskey, right? Which <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. pretty offensive <laughs> thing. I mean, that's a shooting <laughs> offense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stealing a horse. It yeah. could be a hanging offense. <laughs> so back in the saloon, the Clantons tell Stephen to take a gun. And they want him to pass it through the jailhouse window to Doc Holliday. And what, you know, their whole plan is he gives Holliday a gun. And when Holliday comes out of the jail, they'll see the gun and they'll shoot him. <laughs> so they've got a nice little setup there. And then the main Clanton guy assigns one guy to follow Stephen and another to get the rope that they're going to need to hang Holliday when he comes out. Meanwhile, Dodo and Kate are talking in the hotel room and holiday comes in and says, Kate needs to pack. The two of them are leaving because Wyatt Earp is gunning for him. And you know, holiday says he's never killed a friend. So he's kind of saying Wyatt Earp is a friend of his. He doesn't want to kill him back at the jail. Steven comes to the doctor's window and gives him that gun that they wanted him to give to holiday. He gives the gun so he can bluff his way out. And <laughs> there's a funny bit here where in his cell, the doctor is twirling the gun and Wyatt Earp comes in and watches him, and the doctor says, can you twirl the gun like this? <laughs> Earp says and, no. And the doctor isn't really twirling it well. You know, he's <laughs> just sort of fiddling around with it. So Earp says no, he can't twirl it like that, and then he says he wouldn't try it if he were the doctor. <laughs> and the doctor says, <laughs> I wouldn't try it either, and I just wish people would stop giving me guns. <laughs> <laughs> So then he gives his gun to Earp and lets him know that something's going to happen in about 10 minutes. Back at the saloon, the Clantons are working themselves up to go to the jail and string up the doctor from the nearest tree. And they bring Stephen to the saloon as a hostage in case they can't get the doctor. And from Doc Holliday's window, they see that Stephen is being taken off. So Doc Holliday heads off to do something. And then as he's going downstairs, because, you know, his... A hotel room is on the top floor of the saloon. So he's coming downstairs. He encounters one of the Clantons and he just shoots him. <laughs> it's pretty cold blooded. <laughs> and the barkeep tells Holiday that people are looking to I lynch think, him. I mm -hmm. think that's the uh, the Seth character. So it's not a, not literally a Clanton. It's ah, okay. the one that their pa hired to help them. Okay. But he's in the Clanton bunch. So the barkeep tells Holiday that people are looking to lynch him. So Holiday tells Kate to saddle up three horses as Dodo is going to be coming with them. And now a crowd approaches the jail and announces that if Holiday isn't given to them, Stephen is going to swing in his place. <laughs> and it's the end of the episode. Inside the sheriff's office, uh, the doctor and Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson are all in there. The lynch mob uh, is right outside. I get the impression that there were some people in town who were upset with Doc Holliday about other things because they didn't have a great deal of trouble gathering a pretty good-sized <laughs> mob. Wyatt tells Masterson to distract the Clantons. He's going to sneak out and around, uh, you know, sneak out the back of the building and uh, do a little subterfuge here. Ike Clinton has ordered uh, his brother Phineas to hang Stephen finally after, you know, there's some back and forth with the people inside the sheriff's office. 
Uh, but eventually Ike, uh, is ready to just, uh, string up Stephen. Uh, and Phineas goes to do it, but Earp, who's been lurking behind him, pistol whips Phineas with his revolver, and he uh, he goes down. He actually kind of goes flying, uh, if I remember right. He, uh, he doesn't just drop down. He sort of goes a few, few yards away <laughs> before he goes down. And uh, Earp tells everyone in the crowd to go away and disperse. He tells the Clintons to go away. Finn is going to be under arrest for attempted hanging, so that uh, that is a legitimate reason to arrest someone. Mm. Uh, you know, if you hang them and they haven't been duly convicted of anything, that's a that's a bad deed. Charlie the barman arrives just then before the Clintons have had a chance to clear out, and he says that Holiday is in the bar and he shot Harper. So finally, the Clintons understand that. The man who kept saying he wasn't Holiday really wasn't Holiday. <laughs> and Wyatt tells the Clintons to get back to the ranch while they still can ride. And Wyatt and the others carry Phineas off to jail. And the ballad here I, I kept in my <laughs> notes because it's kind of a uh, kind of cute. Uh, it's so pick him up gentle and carry him slow. He's gone kind of mental under Earp's heavy blow. <laughs> So I did not realize that was an expression back in the 60s, but it was. So <laughs> there you have it. At the saloon, uh, Paul Clinton, pa Clinton is here now, and he tells his boys to send for Johnny Ringo, noted tough guy, uh, who will be offered $500 to help out. He mm. was only offering 100 to Seth. But for Johnny Ringo, he's going to offer 500 because that's how good Ringo is. The Clantons leave, and the doctor and Stephen Adder, they're talking about Dodo, and Charlie the barman overhears them, and he tells them that she left town with Doc Holliday. Then we see that in a nearby town, the Doc Holliday and Kate and Dodo, they've engaged a hotel room. Doc Holliday just wants to get a drink. <laughs> you know, the Wyatt Earp took his bottle, so he's it's been a while without a drink now. Well, maybe not because he did just uh, shoot the uh, shoot Seth not too long ago in the <laughs> saloon. But anyway, whatever the circumstances, Doc can always use a drink, and uh, he also has to stay around this town because he needs to stay close to Tombstone for one Wyatt Earp uh, will inevitably need him. So he really is a. Uh, a friend to Earp, whatever whatever other bad traits he may have. Uh, back in the Last Chance Saloon, uh, a man in black enters, and Charlie uh, at the bar recognizes him right away as Johnny Ringo. Mm. Ringo doesn't seem especially vain or you know pleased to be recognized, but Charlie happens to have some useful for information for Ringo that the Clintons had been talking and they were going to try to get word to him that uh, Pa Clinton would pay 500 bucks if they'll uh, help them against Wyatt Earp. Ringo is here in his own business, which is to settle business with Doc Holliday. And uh, Charlie points out, well, that should be fine with the Clintons because they're after Holliday as well. So Ringo says, here's something else he can tell him. Holliday is mine. I trailed him clear away from Fort Griffin, understand? Hmm. So it's just, uh, it's just a fortunate coincidence, I guess, for the Clintons that Ringo 
happens to be in town when they were, he's the very man they were going to go try and find. And Charlie, uh, Charlie is sort of babbling, probably from the excitement of seeing this legendary Ringo. And he says something that uh, doesn't serve him very well. He says, I can't wait to see Wyatt Earp's face when he hears you're going against him. And Ringo, uh, who up till now has been sort of grudgingly tolerating Charlie, he doesn't seem too pleased by that. Charlie says, I won't say nothing to nobody. Ringo says, now ain't that just the truth? (laughs) Hey, Charlie. And then uh, Ringo shoots him right Mm. standing there at the bar, and he collapses on the bar counter. It kind of reminds me of that scene in American Psycho when... uh, Patrick Bateman says, hey, Paul, <laughs> and he does an axe murderer on him. So Charlie's dead, and Ringo doesn't clean him up. He's just lying there on the bar. And it turns out he's going to be lying there on the bar until the next yeah. morning. And it's pretty brutal because the Charlie guy was, you know, just a nice guy, and he wasn't trying to screw with anybody, and then he just gets shot. Yeah. They say he's just laying there. <laughs> Yeah, not the sharpest pencil in the drawer, but he was a pleasant enough guy. He meant well. So back uh, back in the nearby town where Doc Holliday and the ladies have gone, it's next morning now. Dodo says, you said that you were taking me back to my friends today. And Doc says, yeah, today or the day after. <laughs> Dodo wants to hold him to his original plan, so she aims a gun at him. Mm. Now, would she have actually shot him? Probably not, but uh, but she aims the gun at him. And finally, the doc promises on his oath as a gentleman of Georgia that he'll <laughs> take her back to Tombstone by nightfall. Mm-hmm. Back at the Last Chance Saloon, uh, the doctor and Stephen head downstairs for breakfast, and Stephen sees Charlie's corpse lying there, uh, his upper body still slumped over the bar. Johnny Ringo is sitting there. Uh, We don't know if he's gotten up recently or maybe he was sitting there all night. But he says, high living and hard liquor. It don't pay. (laughs) The doctor tells him that uh, he'd better stick around because Mr. Warp is sure to want to (laughs) talk to him. And Ringo just blatantly lies here. He says, the only man in the territory low enough to kill an unarmed barman is Doc Holliday. Stephen says that Doc Holliday took Dodo, and Ringo offers to bring Stephen along with him to hunt for them. He assumes that Dodo is his girlfriend, but if Stephen does go, he can't get between Ringo and Holliday. That won't end well for him. In the sheriff's office, uh, Warren Earp has arrived, another one of the Earp brothers. He's in the office with uh, with Wyatt and with uh, with Bat Masterson. And Phineas uh, is still in the cell from the uh, from the night before when he got whacked on the head. The doctor arrives. Uh, he tells everyone that Doc Holliday and Dodo left, that Ringo left with Stephen to find them, and finally that Charlie is dead. I would <laughs> think that was the headline story. But, uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot going on. Back in the next town, uh, Ringo and Stephen have arrived, and they... Ringo sends Stephen into the saloon to look for Holiday, because that's probably where Holiday would be. After Stephen goes in, Ringo, out on the street, he notices Kate. Mm. 
And we get that ballad singer comes in again, and this time she informs us that they were once lovers, uh, Ringo and Kate. And Kate says that Doc Holliday took off with Dodo for New Mexico. She's uh, She's been jilted uh, in favor of the younger version, I guess. Ringo tells Kate that she's coming back to him. Uh, he's, he's claiming her back as his own. That's probably what he was upset about, uh, why he was hunting for Doc Holliday in the first place, for stealing his girl. So she's coming back to him, and they're going to go back to Tombstone so he can finish his job, which is dealing with uh, Wyatt Earp. Mm -hmm. In the sheriff's office in Tombstone, uh, Warren Earp, uh, he's been left to his own devices, and he's talking to Clanton through the cell bars. And Ike and Billy enter the sheriff's office. They've got their guns trained on Warren Earp. And they order him to produce the keys to Phineas's cell. Now, the keys are lying on the sheriff's desk, and they're right next to Warren's gun. Uh, so he goes to grab the keys, and he, he tries to be clever and you know, <laughs> draw the gun off the desk. It doesn't work, and they shoot him. He's not hes not dead yet, but he's wounded. Now that uh, Earp has been shot, and at this moment we actually don't know that he's still going to live a short while longer, but at this moment the, uh, the episode ends with another refrain of the ballad that <laughs> I like and Ron isn't particularly <laughs> fond of. I'm going to insert one of my gun handling tips in here, which is... If someone has a gun and they're looking at you, do not draw your gun. This is called drawing on the drop. And they're going to shoot you because it only takes them a <laughs> fraction of a second to shoot you, and it takes you a couple of seconds to draw your gun and shoot them. So uh, just a little tip there. So <laughs> Yeah. It sounds like it could. Uh, hopefully, it'll never come in handy, but, but one never knows. So yeah. We'll, see. well, if you want to know. There are multiple clues to when you can shoot someone. So if they've turned their head so you can see their ear, then you can shoot mm -hmm. them. <laughs> so, oh. For example, there are various positions, each of which, depending on how fast you are, you can shoot them. But if they're looking at you and they have their gun, don't do it because they're, they're going to shoot you and you're not going to win. Ah. <laughs> so grow your hair over your ears. If they yeah. can't see your <laughs> ear, they won't know when to shoot you. I guess so. <laughs> okay, next episode, The OK Corral. So now we see Charlie, the barman, being shrouded. You know, a shroud is being put over him by the sheriff while the singer sings about him being shrouded because the song is <laughs> very literal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the sheriff, though, you know, White Earp, is impressed. Actually, was he the sheriff or the marshal? I guess he said he's the marshal. Earp is the marshal, and Masterson is the sheriff. Uh, so the marshal, <laughs> Wyatt Earp, is impressed that the doctor shot one of the Clantons, and he puts a badge on him to deputize him, even though the doctor is protesting that he didn't intend to shoot the Clantons. But that, as I said, that's what we call a negligent discharge, and if you have that, that's a very irresponsible thing. So the doctor should be <laughs> ashamed of his gun handling. Even though at one point, he, yeah, when... I think it was earlier when Steven takes his gun from the TARDIS and he's like, that's from my collection. It's like, well, if you have a collection of guns, you should know how to use them. But that's, <laughs> uh, okay. 
So, you know, Wyatt Earp has just deputized him, and the doctor protests that nothing could cause him to raise a gun in anger, even though we've seen that happen multiple times. <laughs> then Earp's brother Virgil shows up at the bar because he wants to help his brother out. The Clantons enter the hotel room where Stephen, Kate, and Johnny Ringo are, and the Clantons say they shot down Wyatt Earp's kid brother. Back in the jail, they're giving the Earp, you know, the kid brother who got shot, they're giving him water. And he tells Wyatt Earp that there were two of them, and then he dies. And this, like, you know, I know, I keep saying I'm not going to say this, but my God, for a kid show, a whole lot of people die in this story. It's pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. You know, another thing that maybe, maybe I just have a distorted view of the 1960s television, and I know in some respects British television is more liberal than American television, but I, I noticed several times throughout these episodes where they use uh, where they use hell as a cuss word, which uh, <laughs> was very, yeah, I'm sure people in the West use that quite a bit, but uh, but uh, it it still came surprised me somewhat, you know, because I always think of '60s television as being very mm -hmm. sanitized. Yeah, well, British television has nudity and swearing. It's it's, it's oh, got yeah. some way better stuff than ours. <laughs> <laughs> so the fo you know, after Herb's brother dies, the folks in you know the sheriff's office are disagreeing about how to avenge him, and Wyatt Earp tells his other brother to ride out to the Clantons and tell them that there's going to be a fight in the morning. One of the disagreements is Wyatt Earp feels it's honorable to give them warning to when the fight's going to happen. <laughs> I'm kind of more on the side of don't tell them <laughs> and then just show up and shoot them, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the other guy, which I think is his other brother, says this is the wrong way to go about things. But Herb says, look, you know, Tell the Clantons this will end at the OK Corral. So now I did a deep dive based on the Tombstone movie, which maybe we'll cover at some point. And Tombstone is actually pretty remarkably historically accurate compared yeah. to other things that have covered the OK Corral. But one of the things that they're all wrong about, including Tombstone, is the people that the Earps went to shoot they had been making noise and they had been talking about what they were going to do, but they were actually unarmed and not doing anything when the herbs came up on them and shot them and, and you know, what became oh. the okay corral. So <laughs> you can decide what you think about that, but it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not the fact that the herbs were defending themselves. Uh, well, I, uh, I can't hold it too harshly against the Earps by this point. If uh, at least going by the events of this story, the Clintons have already done some lousy stuff. <laughs> so they had it coming. Okay. Well, we now see the Clintons having breakfast and coffee. And Stephen tells, you know, Stephen and Kate are being trapped by them. And Stephen tells Kate he's going to try to get word to Holiday. Kate says Holiday would shoot her if he thought that she was, you know, betraying him. The clans then hear someone approaching. Everybody gets ready to shoot. 
And, you know, the marshal comes in, who's, I don't know, Earp's brother or friend or whatever, and tells them that the showdown's going to be at the OK Corral at sunup. So apparently everybody's got it up really early. <laughs> so presumably this is <laughs> pre-sunup. After the marshal leaves, Johnny Ringo comes out and because, you know, he's been hiding himself because he's sort of a ace in the hole or whatever. <laughs> he tells the other Clantons that they're going to be the cheese in his mousetrap. I'm not sure that's really attractive, but <laughs> whatever. So the idea <laughs> is that they're going to approach the herbs from the front and then Johnny will shoot the herbs from the back. And I'm like, I don't know if, if I were the Clantons, I'm not sure I'd agree to this deal. <laughs> it's like, why don't you be the one in front and we'll be behind them? <laughs> that would be my choice. Yeah. Usually being the bait isn't really the prime uh, spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the doctor comes into the sheriff's office and he asks Wyatt Earp what role he, the doctor, is supposed to play in all this. And then Doc Holliday shows up and says he was forced to come back by a woman, which uh, it was a little unclear to me. I think Dodo made him come back because she shows up behind him. I don't know if she had a gun. Yeah, she, she, uh, oh, oh, you mean, uh, well, he was forced to come back to Tombstone by yeah. Dodo because she, yeah. you know, he, he was indulging her. He was going to take her back to Tombstone anyway. Uh, <laughs> Doc Holliday, had he wanted to, uh, Dodo would be uh, another corpse on the floor. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. But <laughs> now Holiday finds out that Johnny Ringo is in town, and then he becomes particularly insistent on joining in. So he clearly has a problem with Johnny Ringo. And the doctor says he doesn't want to be involved in violence, so he hands his badge and gun to Wyatt Earp. And then in the bar, the doctor and Dodo are debating things. Earp's friend, uh, I think the marshal, comes in and asks the doctor to go to the Clantons and try to talk them out of all this. And he puts the badge back on the doctor, so the doctor can't seem to avoid being deputized in all this. <laughs> And in the Clanton location, the father of the Clantons says the boys are on their way, and they have Stephen and Kate there as captives. And Clanton tells Stephen that when the shooting's over, they're going to have this town in the palm of their hands. So, you know, this is going to be when they get mm -hmm. to take everything over. And the doctor now comes in, and he's the deputy sheriff of Tombstone, you know, with his badge and everything, and he asks them to call it off. And he says they're going to get a fair trial, which, you know, <laughs> I don't know anyone who wants a fair trial. They'd rather have not have any trial at all. So the Clintons are skeptical. And they believe they're going to outnumber the opposition. But then the doctor informs them that, you know, Doc Holliday is going to be there. And... It turns out that Kate had told the Clantons that Holiday had gone on to New Mexico, so they thought he wasn't going to be there. And it's disturbing to them that he's going to be there because that kind of changes the odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although they do still have their ace in the hole, uh, yeah. Johnny Ringo. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Clantons and Johnny Ringo ride into town early and get prepared. You know, they, they didn't wait for sunup or whatever. They they came early. So I respect that. That's that's how you should handle it. <laughs> and Johnny reminds the Clantons that they're the bait in the trap. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, I don't think that's the most motivational way to go about it. But okay, whatever. <laughs> and he says they should start firing before the others get into range so that you know, the people they're shooting at don't get a chance to look behind them because that's where Johnny's going to be because he's an honorable guy. <laughs> he's going to be <laughs> behind them. And meanwhile, the Earps and Holiday prepare. 
what they're going to do. And then the Earps approach the Clantons. And the Clantons start shooting. <laughs> Even though they're shooting at them, weirdly, the Earps just keep walking along as if they're not being shot at. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, personally, if I'm being shot at, I'm going to move out of the way. But I guess it wouldn't look as cool. It's kind of like that, you know. When you turn your back on the explosion and put on your sunglasses or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually the herbs start shooting back, which is probably a good strategy. (laughs) And Doc Holliday is approaching the fight when Dodo runs up to him. But Johnny Ringo captures her and grabs her. You know, so he's holding her with like a gun to her head. And then he asks who invited Doc Holliday and Doc Holliday says you did. (laughs) (laughs) And then kind of surprisingly, Doc Holliday tosses his gun in the dirt. Well, that's uh, because Ringo's holding uh, Dodo hostage. You know, so he, so he's willing to try and save Dodo where, you know, he could just shoot and not worry about her. Right. Ringo then with his arm around Dodo's neck, takes her to the gun and then she breaks free from him, and Holiday pulls out a second gun and shoots Ringo. So he was yeah, not, not being totally fair this there. Is, <laughs> this is his little Derringer, so we've yeah. seen already that he carries that, and mm-hmm. he has easy access to it. Holiday apologizes to Ringo, and then Holiday shoes Dodo out, and he goes on and tells Erp, you know, White Erp, that Ringo is dead. And now one of the clans um, says he's going to get Holiday, and he runs up, and Holiday shoots him because that's what you're going to do. And then there's a lot of shooting. This is what, <laughs> what you would expect for the OK Corral, a lot of shooting. Although, in reality, all the shooting took place in about 30 seconds. <laughs> 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 and then the shooting's over, and we get a lot more singing, and we get a panning shot of lots of dead bodies. <laughs> well, the song talks about how if the herbs are the lawmen, then the bad guys ain't going to win. And apparently that's true because they're all dead. <laughs> and then the doctor asks Holiday why he wants to leave Tombstone since all the bad guys are dead. But Holiday shows him that there's a wanted poster out for him. So, you know, the system's corrupt and he's got to move on. <laughs> and he gives the wanted poster to the doctor as a gift. And the crew gets into the TARDIS. And then the TARDIS, the crew is looking up at the monitor in the TARDIS, and the doctor announces they've arrived in a future of peace and prosperity. And so being in a future of peace and prosperity, they all leave the control room, and then we see someone approaching the camera with a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe not so peaceful and prosperous. We'll see. Ah. And next up is Doctor Who and the Savages. It's been a while since I saw a Tombstone, but I remember there's a scene in it where one of the characters, I, I'm i thinking, was it was it Dana Delaney who mm. was like the female mm. lead in that? Mm. I think there's a scene where she's singing Red River Valley. When I saw that scene, it, it, was, it was enough for me to remember the tune to Red River Valley, <laughs> or at least that one line in Red River Valley, uh, you know, just remember the Red River Valley. Most of the song isn't all that fancy, but there's just sometimes a song will have one line that just really is like the hook, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And for me, this song reminded me of that, both because they're both set in, yeah, set in Tombstone, uh, both this show and the movie Tombstone. But also this, this song that we keep hearing throughout these episodes, it does have that kind of 
you could imagine this being sung in a bar in the Wild <laughs> West. I mean, the the tune is set up pretty well, I think, to be convincingly a period piece, you know. So, uh, uh, and then it has that one little line in it. It's like the next to last line where where you get the hook. Although they don't all, they don't always sing it that way. Like they uh, they don't always go da 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 da. Yeah, sometimes they'll they'll do it more low, like if they're singing it in the first verse of multiple mm-hmm. verses. But my thing is that it's just that one line, and it is enough of a hook that it's stuck in my head for the past <laughs> couple days. And uh, so I don't object to it. I mean, if it were a song I disliked and it got stuck in my head, uh, which sometimes happens, uh, then I might be more upset. But I like this song. It's it's <laughs> very, uh, it's got a Western kind of feel yeah, well, to it. I think true. it fits in. But well, it is it is used very extensively. I will <laughs> yes, concede that. Yeah. Extensive is an understatement, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, very Western, what do you think of the accents? <laughs> we have all of these, you know, cowboys trying to, who are British trying to do American accents. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, in in the first episode, in the first few minutes, I think I uh, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. You know, we'll see how badly they screw up, and then uh, <laughs> and then for most of the rest of the episodes, it. Uh, it never really crossed my mind much. And in fact, Stephen, I thought, had a surprisingly good American accent. <laughs> of course, he had practice from that, you know, when he was on top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was hoping that it would be a, a lot more uh, risible than it actually <laughs> turned out to yeah, be. Yeah, they I, weren't I, the, terrible, but they weren't great. And if you're paying attention, they're definitely lines where it's kind of like oh okay you know <laughs> so in terms of actors i mean i would say we basically have three actors that are very present right one is charlie the bartender who gets tragically shot for no reason and he's just kind of a nice mm-hmm. guy right and you have doc holiday and you have kate um so what do you mm-hmm. think of the actors in this they were good you know kate i thought was fine she didn't really stand out a lot to me in any particular way but I, she was not she was unobjectionable i'd say um doc holiday i actually i i thought he was um pretty good i uh he reminded me in some ways of uh uh doc cochran from deadwood uh, who was a uh, bread durif you know not entirely but there's there's a little bit of a similarity there so i i enjoyed doc holiday he i thought he did a pretty good job and then Wyatt Earp uh, he was he was fine that you know and Bat Masterson for that mm-hmm. matter they uh they didn't really grab me I wasn't riveted on them when they were on screen but they were they were yeah they were I, I, agree. I, I think Doc Holliday is great uh Wyatt Earp was kind of generic Bat Masterson it's hard to even remember which guy that is like so he didn't really <laughs> stand out and it's certainly different it's not like Tombstone where you know Wyatt Earp is sort of the main main character but yeah i i think doc holiday is kind of the standout in this and he does a a really good job yeah and where i come down on all this is yeah i think the song is excessive and overdone and you know and i think it really kind of mars the show but i think the story is a lot of fun 
and they have a lot of fun with it. And there's some fun jokes in there. Like we talked about the, you know, Doctor Who. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that was yeah. a nice little joke. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff like that. So, I, you know, overall, I feel like this is a worth watching story. And then you can make up your own mind about the song. <laughs> but where are you yeah. on worth watching? Yeah, well, I, I before I get to that, I, mm -hmm. I wanted to mention that Hartnell has a lot of bits in this where he, he gets like little reaction shots where like they, you know, he goes to... Uh, uh, he's in the saloon. They found Charlie slumped over the bar, and he like goes to lean against the bar, and he ends up putting his hand right on the corpse, and he's like, "Yep," yeah. <laughs> sort of quickly withdraws it. And so Hardinal gets a lot of little, you know, not belly laughs, just cute little bits in here throughout the episodes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'd say I wasn't crazy for it, but I I enjoyed it. I don't know that. You know, by your standard of the, <laughs> would you force a person to watch it with you and tell them, this is great, you got to see this? Probably not. Do I regret watching it? No. I, uh, uh, it had, uh, had some fun stuff in it. Uh, if you didn't know the history before coming to the show, uh, and you learned a little good history, uh, you know, probably not exactly how it all went down, but, uh. You know, you get an idea of what the whole situation was anyway. And, uh, yeah, just sort of a fun, fun one all around. Not, not one of the very best, but, uh, definitely not one of the very worst. Um, <laughs> and I think the song is fine. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> well, not one of the worst. That will be our, <laughs> our tagline. <laughs> so again, join us next week for Doctor Who and the Savages. You fool!